Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, what's going on? It is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, your usual host of the FDN Thrive Podcast. Welcome back. Little different today, we are typically exclusively interviews, as many of you regular listeners know. I think only in the beginning did we do one with me and Reed Davis, where we kind of talked about how we got into FDN, and obviously <laughs> Reed got into FDN by founding it. Um, but nonetheless, we talked about like what encouraged him to start the organization, and for me, what encouraged me to get into it. Now, with the other episodes, again, they've all been interviews, but I want to start doing some other things where we're really bringing you some value in terms of what we offer for the FDN Thrive program, and there's a lot of different things. And one of the flagship things that we use in the program, in FDN in general, are certain lab tests. And a lab test that has been with us forever is the MRT food sensitivity test. Now, you saw the title of this, and it's basically stop wasting your money on food sensitivity testing. (laughs) Now, that does not mean we do not like food sensitivity testing, or I do not have a couple favorites that I think are amazing. It's that we need to stop buying these random ones offline that are getting advertised to us. They're super trendy. They're super... um, They're in the media right now, right? People are getting bought into this, and they're not completely useless, but what I'm going to do today is briefly give you some information about the different types of tests and what they do, and then you can make a decision on what you think is best for you. So, let's get started by first talking about what the difference between a food allergy and sensitivity is, because those are different things, as well as a food intolerance even. Food allergy is those extreme reactions, right? You might remember back to like grade school or middle school, you had those kids at the peanut tables and they couldn't sit near anyone else. This is about as true as a food allergy can get. And a food allergy is always gonna be something called an IgE response from the body. So that's immunoglobulin E. It's this very specific thing. We don't need to get too technical today, but it's this very specific thing released by the immune system. And what that means is when it happens, you get these typically very extreme responses. These are the people that can go into anaphylaxis. They might get hives everywhere. Um, Certainly might have trouble breathing. And in the most extreme cases, like those peanut table kids, um, and you know who you are out there, it's very, it kind of stinks, right? These people are going to end up in the hospital. They're going to have to go. Um, Anyone that carries an EpiPen, they are dealing with some type of true allergy, maybe food or maybe not. Food sensitivity is a little different. Food sensitivity basically includes virtually everything that is an immunological response to foods that isn't IgE. So this is where it gets tricky because what the most common, I would say, and I'm pretty sure this is statistically true, the most commonly used food sensitivity test on the market are going to be ones that use IgG testing. So same thing as IgE in terms of the name, it's just immunoglobulin G. Now this is one that is not correlated with those anaphylaxis type reactions where the person's having trouble breathing, they're going to need to go to a hospital or something like that. These are more subtle. And in fact, the symptoms that occur as a result of the IgG response could be as long as three days afterwards. So good luck trying to figure out that food sensitivity response on your own. It would take someone that is like food journaling and extremely aware to realize, hey, this is what's actually going on in my body. And when I eat this food, 72 hours later, I happen to get a headache or I get a breakout right under my chin, something like that. It's going to be really hard to notice. Now, IgG doesn't have to be three days. It just can potentially be three days. 
That's the most common in the world of food sensitivities. So if you hear things like um, the ELISA test, I believe there's another really popular one called Everlywell. These are limited to IgG. Now, that is not a bad thing. Definitely and certainly not trash talking those brands. IgG has a lot of application. The problem is it's just one thing, just like IgE is one thing. Now, IgE happens to be a particularly useful one thing because it's so extreme. The problem with something like IgG and the other food sensitivities is if you really want to get technical, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of ways that the body can respond um, in an immunological way to foods. So you're probably already starting to think, if you've used one of these tests, about the issue here. Well, wait a second. I only tested for one thing with IgG. I spent, what, 100 maybe 200 or even $300 on that test? And I'm only looking at one way my body can be sensitive to a food when there's thousands out there. And that's the biggest problem, right? So sometimes you get people that get these IgG tests back and they really hit it out of the park. They find that they were uh, sensitive to something that they're eating super often. And yes, that's a big problem in their life and they need to take it out. That's why I don't believe IgG tests are bad. I've heard people having their lives changed because of using those types of tests. But what if there was something better that kind of included all of these things, right? We'll talk about that in a second. I also promised I would tell you what a food intolerance is, and that is different than an allergy and sensitivity, right? That is not to get confused. A food sensitivity is not you getting, or a food intolerance, excuse me, is not you getting a headache two days after eating the food. That's a food sensitivity. A food intolerance is something that really you can't digest. So that does not necessarily imply that there's an immune response reaction to the food. What it implies is that you were not able to properly break it down. Typically, food intolerances are going to be the things that you feel. Um, they're going to be the things like, wow, my stomach really hurts after that. Or, you know, I got to run to the bathroom because your body wasn't able to process it. So now you kind of know the difference between food allergies, sensitivities, and the intolerances. And again, I was talking about what if there was a way to look at thousands of food sensitivities, non-specifically, you're not looking at like, oh, it's IgG or IgA or any of these other things, but in a non-specific way, just like how we work with FDN, we're always addressing things non-specifically because that's really what includes the most amount of healing opportunities and what really works well. What if there was a test like that? And that's exactly what we use. We use something called the MRT, which is the Mediator Release Test by Oxford Biomedical Laboratories. Now, it's so easy to get on a podcast or get on an Instagram post or whatever and start preaching, oh, listen, we have the better mousetrap. You want to listen here. Well, MRT really does have that. And the biggest reason that this is so different and you're like, well, how is it possible that they have this and other places don't? They still have an active patent on their technology. It's as simple as that. They are not licensing this. No one else can use it. They have it right now. They're going to continue to have it for a good amount of time. And so they really are kind of the gold standard. Now, how is what they do different than these other tests? Well, this is what's really cool. So when we're talking about a food sensitivity, from a more general perspective, what we're talking about are anything, uh, basically pro-inflammatory reactions that are coming out of the white blood cells. Okay, so there is a lot of things included in that, right? And if you know anything about um, the body or basic biochemistry, this includes a ton of stuff. The different white blood cells, you have like neutrophils, uh, monocytes, eosinophils, um, lymphocytes, and all of these different things could release thousands, like we talked about, of different pro-inflammatory agents. 
So what is so cool about this test is they patented technology that takes your white blood cell and exposes it to a potential antigen. And I say potential because everyone's things that they react to or one person's things that they react to is not necessarily going to be the same for someone else. Believe it or not, although many of us that probably listen to this type of podcast or in this type of work or field, most of us would say, hey, never eat gluten, don't do that. And there's various reasons to not eat gluten or wheat. But believe it or not, I actually have seen quite a handful of people in my own practice and in the FDN Thrive group that really just don't react to wheat in terms of the immune response. It's very low, okay? And so what they're doing here is taking the potential antigen for you. So let's just use that basic example of wheat. That's a really common one. We all kind of, that's probably one of the first things the average person thinks about when they think of food sensitivities. They're going to expose those proteins, the potential antigen, to your white blood cell. Then based on the volumetric changes in the white blood cell, so the size of that white blood cell, they are actually able to quantify how sensitive you are likely to be. So how smart is that, right? Over time, they're looking for these correlations and saying, okay, wow, if it's you know this much of a change, we know the person's this sensitive. And this is why their technology has actually gotten better and more accurate over time, because the more data they have, the more they're able to realize, all right, this is how likely this person is to be reacting to this stuff. And what's really cool is like, listen, research and science actually matters. And unfortunately, um, IgG has some, but it doesn't have an abundance of research actually backing it up. It's certainly not consistent research. And with the MRT, with their technology, there's been studies with the University of Miami. And what it has shown is the MRT test alone is able to distinguish between symptomatic and asymptomatic populations. That is huge. What that means is they are able to look at just food sensitivities, and by looking at this, they can tell you, oh, this person's currently symptomatic, or this person's not. That's pretty tough to do with a food sensitivity test, so pretty cool that they can do that. They also were able to use the results of the MRT um, to correlate with inflammation and symptoms. Um, They were able to see that diets based on the MRT show significant symptom reduction. I've seen that countless times. Coolest story I've ever heard. Um, I'm not going to shout out her name. I, I assume she'd be okay with this, but it's actually a woman that learned about this stuff before ever going through FDN and then chose to do that herself. Um, And she ran the MRT test. She had anxiety and depression, I think, for over two and three years. They kind of came on at different times. And within three days of implementing the diet recommended from the MRT, symptoms were gone. And I talked to her about two or three years after that had happened. So that's pretty significant stuff, right? It wasn't just placebo. That doesn't last that long. Really amazing. Um, And probably the, the most important part about this is that we see consistently that the MRT does have excellent real world um, replicability, right? We see this working countless times over and over and over again. And that's why we use that test. So you need to decide, what would you rather? Would you rather do one food sensitivity test that tests for one specific thing that might be useful, but hey, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks out of your pocket, or you spend on the MRT, which is also a few hundred bucks and included in the FDN Thrive program, and you get better results with that. Now, why will we not, because this is the most important part probably, why will we not respond to a call saying, hey, well, I just want to run the MRT food sensitivity test? Well, just running this test as a standalone is still doing any chronic health sufferer a disservice. Why? You're looking at one thing. 
Many times food sensitivities are actually nothing more than our guts being damaged and we're reacting to those things for a reason. Now, certain stuff like wheat, dairy, hay, we might make an argument that even if you're totally healed, you probably don't want to mess with those things if you have a true food sensitivity. Fair enough. But what you'll find after you run tests like these is, you know, after going through the FDN Thrive program, you might be able to incorporate these foods again. When you do not do that and you only run a food sensitivity test, sure, you might lose some symptoms for a while and then you become sensitive to new foods, the symptoms eventually come back and you didn't actually make any healing. So we will never respond, and I mean this in a respectful way, to some call saying, hey, listen, all we want is to run the food sensitivity test. That's doing you a disservice. What is a good service is including that in a larger program where we utilize several proven tests and a long program, you know, 90 days, we're working with you, right? So it's not that long in the grand scheme of things, but it's long enough to actually get results. This isn't the 20 minute quick go into your doctor revolving door, 20 minutes if you're lucky, right? You'll probably wait in the waiting room longer than you'll talk to the doctor. <laughs> That's just the unfortunate truth. It's not that kind of revolving door thing. This is 90 days to set you on a better track for life. If you're interested in this type of testing and the other testing that we offer, well, you can get more information. What you want to do is go to www fdnthrive.com. You click the get started here button and we can get on a call with you completely free and talk to you about the program, see what's going on with you um, and see if this is the right program for you. Because one of the things that we do, which I really enjoy and I think is amazing, is if we hear what you're saying and this isn't the right program for you, we're not going to take you on as a client. And number two, we're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to refer you to the right person because what's so great about Reed Davis and the connections that he's made through decades of being in this industry is he's a well-respected guy. He knows everyone and anyone, and we can get you to that right type of individual. So www.fdnthrive.com to learn more about this. If you have any questions on this, you can always feel free to message us. The easiest way to do this would be go uh, to go to our Anchor. So Anchor is a podcast platform. It's anchor.fm, then just uh, slash FDN Thrive, and you can actually send us audio messages there. So if you have any other questions that you'd like us to answer on here or to kind of do a solo podcast on, especially with food sensitivity testing, but really anything in general, we're happy to do that. Send us in. And if you give us permission, it'd be totally cool. We'd love to um, air your voice and put the questions live on the podcast. Totally up to you. When you send that message, just specify that you're okay with your voice being used. And if you don't specify that, we won't use it and we'll still answer the questions. So if you guys like this type of podcast, please let us know in the reviews on Apple. I would love to be doing more stuff like this. And we think this has a lot of use in addition to the interviews. This would certainly not replace those. It'd be something that happens in addition. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys next time with another interview. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.